anchoring your growth targets and your people experience so you can achieve your targets without losing your souls or your minds. Transforming yours and your team's experience by lifting the energy, lowering the stress, and establishing trust to begin closing performance gaps quickly. Integrating proven strategic and operational systems to give you certainty about outcomes while having fun with the team as they discover what's possible. And discovering a learning experience that stretches that thinking, behavior, and commitment of individuals and moves the team and the business forward. These are just some of the areas we will talk about with today's incredible guests from across the pond, Teresa Mitrovic. She works with leaders to optimize performance while building psychological safety at work. Don't risk your health or your teams to hit your targets. You don't need to. And I love this mission. It teaches us to slow down and not overload ourselves to the point of damage. Thank you for that. She is the founder and managing partner at ORO Collective. If you're unsure how to bring trust and psychological safety into your workplace, this is the show for you. And Teresa, let's start off with the question, what does entrepreneurship mean to you? Oh, wow. So the first thing I thought of was freedom. But that kind of sounds like a that, that's a little bit of a red herring, right? Because on the one hand, it's freedom. And on the other hand, it's like, you know, building your courage muscle, living, living outside the, the, the box entirely, you know, being really curious, courageous, um, taking risks, backing yourself. But entrepreneurship is, um, you know, we hear people talk about it's entrepreneurs do the things that others won't so they can have the kind of life that other people can't. Mm-hmm. And I think um, what often calls us into being an entrepreneur is this the sense that there's an unmet need out there that we feel frustrated isn't quite isn't being addressed yet, right? And so it kind of draws us in. So um, yeah, entrepreneurship to me really feels like um, the ability to express or realize a dream or an unmet need, uh, unmet need uh, in the way that you feel it needs to be addressed with, with you know, I was going to say complete freedom, but also if you're doing it right, then it feels like you're in constant conversation with your, with your audience. This segment is sponsored by Bedrock Business Builders, a small business startup specialist. Start, build, manage. I love how you started off with the freedom, even for me. Everybody does not define success differently, but for me, it's to be able to dictate my day each day. And for me, even if I'm working the 80 hour weeks, I have the ability to take my mental health day on a Tuesday or a Thursday if I so see fit. So thank you for starting us off with the great beginning to another episode of That Entrepreneur Show. I am your host, Vincent A. Lancy, and you can learn more about me on YouTube at Vincent A. Lancy, my website, vincentalancy.com, or at Vincent A. Lancy on all social media platforms. For those new to the show, each week since the end of 2019, I've interviewed the founder of a company or brand to share what works well for them, what they needed to improve on, and how they did it, along with many learning lessons along the way. We also have a few bonus series for you to check out, as you never know which motivational journey will inspire you most. I'm excited to, share, to learn more about this journey. The information that came to me, I was immediately blown away. She's an author. She's changing the game in the workplace. She's doing so much. I'm honored to have her on. Teresa, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Vincent. Would you mind introducing yourself on the personal side before we dive into business talk, everyone who does not have the pleasure <laughs> of meeting you yet? Sure, sure. So uh, I'm Teresa Mitrovic. I uh, have been running this business for 10 years. I launched it in London whilst I was living in London, moved back to my hometown of Auckland NZ uh, in New Zealand 
2016 and set it up there and then jumped across uh, jumped across that pond to Melbourne uh, mid-2019 and started the business here. But I'm also a corporate escapee. So I had I held leadership roles at Hasbro, the Walt Disney Company, and Universal Pictures in London. Oh wow. Um, and, and I'm a, I'm the mother to a fur baby and a 33-year-old grown man. And um and I live in Melbourne with my dog and my husband. And yeah, I, you know, psych safety and trust are my that that's the stuff I geek out about. Well, I'm glad to see your passion come on the show because those are the best episodes when we have a guest willing to give back through their stories, so passionate about their experience where they have so much to offer. Let's backtrack a bit. What sure. led you into entrepreneurship? And is this your first company? Yes, this is my first company. Um, we've gone through a few different uh, rebrands and iterations, but this is my first company. What led me here, though, was uh, an experience on a coaching as manager course when I was head of marketing at Hasbro in, in, in New Zealand. Um, and I had, I'd been, I'd, I'd almost literally kind of metaphorically been dragged kicking and screaming on this course with the rest of our senior management team, thinking it was a complete waste of time, totally we were really unnecessary um, and only put any of it into practice because I respected my boss. But here's the kicker. Nine months later, we had tripled our profit. End of our financial year, we tripled our profit. We had the team were working an hour and a half less every day. I was working two hours less every day, which for me was huge because at that point I was a single parent of a preteen son. Um, and the the quality of work the team were turning out was significant. So we were able to turn around how we felt about the work we were doing, the quality of our work, and our profit in nine months because of, and, and the reality is that those changes had taken place within, you know, 30 to 90 days of me doing the course through these really simple but repeated practices, right? And at that point, I thought, wow, if someone who's been raised and trained in the corporate world to be so A-type and so hardcore can see this kind of relief professionally and personally, then this is something more people need to, need to know, right? Because I was so resistant. Um, but as I say, at that time, my son was 11 years old and I still, I had a mortgage to pay and a son to raise. And I thought, you know what, I can't take that leap into entrepreneur living until I have, until my son's raised, you know, until he's, so I set myself to target when my son is 20 or before I turn 40, I'm taking the leap. So, <laughs> so it was a long time kind of niggling at the edges, uh, waiting for the stream to come true. But, um, but I was finally able to retrain in London and do some coaching diplomas and, and kick the business off there. So yeah, it was really my own experience that brought me here and realizing the stress relief that you could get alongside still absolutely not just nailing your goals, but blowing them out of the water. You know, I have to ask, awesome. you've been working all around the world. Where was your favorite place to work? Oh, stop it. <laughs> um, that's really so. So actually, I would have to say, I would have to say, Melbourne, because the, the silver lining of of the pandemic has meant that now that I'm in London and everyone around the world knows how to use Zoom, I can actually reconnect with all my clients around the world. So I've got clients in the US, in the United Arab Emirates, in the UK, and in NZ. Look, there's there's nothing quite like working in London though, and um, I was really lucky that whilst I was in London, one of my clients was. Uh, the royal households, the royal household. Wow. So, yeah. So I actually went and did a resilience gig at Buckingham Palace, and I've got to say, nothing tops the experience of going in and working at Buckingham Palace when you've come from a little town in Auckland, New Zealand. 
Uh, well, I'm glad that you're still, no matter where you are, you're finding ways to succeed. I think it's a great lesson for everyone. Just stick to your mission. The environment may not play as big of a role as you think. But what are two of the hardest parts of being an entrepreneur since you're on your own? So the hardest thing is, um, that th I think there are a couple of hardest things. One is making sure that you that you're making sure that you don't take it too personally and realizing that particularly if you're in a service industry where your work is your passion and you love what you do, it's very easy for that to sometimes overwhelm you. So being able to keep, the, being able to keep perspective and keep your optimism, realistic optimism is really important. Um, and what goes hand in hand with that is also the ability to create a really great team around you. So even though um, I'm a sole entrepreneur and I've got people working with me in the business, I have this incredible advisory team around me as well and people that I tap it. So I'm constantly on the phone with business men my, my business mentor in the UK. Um, and I have this trusted advisory group who are there to help me um, soundboard, check in, make sure that I'm not sitting here in a, in a thought vacuum, you know, or in an echo chamber. So it's really important to, to realize that the journey is, the journey can be isolating um, and tough and exciting all in the space of a day. So you need to keep your perspective, but you also need to have this team around you that helps not just to support you, but to challenge your thinking and stretch you and keep you going because you, um, you're only really limited by your own thinking, right? So if you're an entrepreneur and you're on your own, you've got to be really careful to not be limited by that. I love that. And you need someone to bounce your ideas off, whether it's a teammate, a coach, a mentor, an employee. As a solopreneur, I need to have people in my corner. I'm so grateful for all the people in my life to bounce these ideas off. But I could definitely resonate with those difficult parts overall. You have to find a way to keep going. Speaking of keeping going, sometimes we fail. Eric quote, some, we have to learn a lesson from that. What is one of your greatest lessons learned? Oh, my Lord. So I once, uh, when I was working in London back in the early days, and, and I'll be honest, this makes me cringe even now to think about it, right? It was, it was such an, it was the kind of experience that cuts you to your core. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I was asked to deliver a leadership workshop to a room of 200 people. So it's a big, big audience. And, um, and I created the work. I did the gig. I came out of thinking wasn't my best work. Something felt off. And it, what I discovered was that the leaders who were in that room were a real, a real mix of mm -hmm. you know, some had, some were aspiring leaders. So they weren't in leadership roles, but that was the career that they were pursuing. Right. And others at the opposite end of the scale had global teams and had been leaders for over a decade. And so trying to deliver something to an audience that is that broad, that's going to be meaningful and give them real aha moments. So whenever I'm working with clients, my aspiration is to, give them things that challenge their thinking as well as some practical tools as well. But I want them to leave any session with me thinking and behaving differently. And, you know, and, and I just, it's really hard to do that when you don't get your brief clear. So that was kind of, you know, and I, and I saw the feedback, a third of people loved it. A third of people were re, re, really didn't. And a third of people just really didn't care, were pretty ambivalent. And what that taught me is, you know, is, make sure that your brief is really clear before you walk into anything. So know who you're speaking to, right? Otherwise you can't calibrate your message to the audience. Yes. You yes. can't give them something that meets them where they're at and then helps to stretch them. Um, I also, the, but the other thing as well is um, I also thought, I, I learned a couple of other things. One was designed for the what if, you know, the, the, you know, the, 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 bleep happens factor you know so like if things if the wheels are going to fall off what wheels are they likely to be 
because uh, when you're facilitating, so in my line of work, you're often facilitating conversations and sometimes with groups as big as 200. Mm-hmm. So it's about how do you make sure that you that you feel comfortable enough that if the brown stuff hits the whirly thing, you can roll with it. And it's not uncomfortable, particularly in my space where we're talking about psych, safety, trust, and performance. You've got to hold the ground that shows them what that looks like in practice, right? Um, I love that. And you know what? Do work you're proud of. That's I came out of that thinking, yeah, I wasn't proud of that work. Why wasn't I proud of it? And rather than beat myself up, which, hey, I was raised by a really hardcore Croatian dude, so I know what beating myself up feels like. But he, you know, he also taught me do work you're proud of. And so now um, I'm also a recovering perfectionist, but I'll look at my work and go, it doesn't need to be perfect, but I do need to feel proud of it before it goes out. Otherwise, trust your instinct, hold back, wait till you're proud, and then it goes out. Thank you for such a thorough answer. All of those learning lessons right there. If you're going to do it, do it. If you're going to submit something, picture it being your company, right? If picture submit a project, what would you? How would you feel if an employee didn't give their best effort on something they handed to you? Yeah, I love that advice. Thank you. But speaking of advice, if you could sit down and learn from any entrepreneur, dead or alive, and seek advice from them, who would you choose? Um, it's a really good question. There are so many. So I'm, 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 I always kind of think I'd go to the females first because the, the learning curves are so different for females. And there are so many great female entrepreneurs through history, Lillian Vernon, Brownie Wise, Madam C.J. Walker. But the person I'd really like to sit down with, strangely, maybe, is Reese Witherspoon. Ooh, and I say okay. that. <laughs> I say that because, you know, when she was reading scripts thinking, wow, is if this is all that women are getting offered, it's not worthy of women's talent and then created Hello Sunshine. That is the kind of great big uh, plot twist that I really love understanding. So, yes, she's a multi-talented woman, but she, you know, we forget how male-dominated some industries are. And at a time when we were, you know, it, it happened pretty close to all of the Me Too movement, right? So it was all this backlash against male stuff. And she just stood up in this in this environment and said, no, woman, you know, let's take this sell-by date off female actresses you know off their careers mm-hmm. and give them something more to, to to work for and to live for and so the mission behind that and her courage uh, i'd like to understand that and her strategy for doing that as well oh i'm going to delve a little deeper in your brain where would you choose to meet her <laughs> if we had that opportunity Do you know i would just love to kick my shoes off and go for a walk along like venice beach or mm-hmm. uh santa monica and just have a coffee and a chat with her i like that nice and relaxing we'll probably give her a good mindset to give some good advice to you so thank you for that and for an amazing episode so far i think it is a perfect time to head into this week's spotlight story we have the journey of a powerhouse female entrepreneur from australia on the show today we're going to look at an article talking about five secrets excuse me of success from katie page as ceo of harvey norman and one of australia's most powerful women in business page says as a girl growing up in regional queensland She was told she could do anything. From a young age, her father would encourage her to read the business section of newspapers, give her some early insight that she's had for it to lead this award-winning retail giant for over 30 years. I want to start with a little bit of the past. I was brought up to believe I could do anything. I was one of four daughters, and my parents were both fantastic people. We didn't have a lot of money, but the family and community piece was really important for me. As a bank manager, my father's job meant we moved around a lot. When in Brisbane, I attended Brisbane State High School, a strong feminist school. The headmistress and her deputy were very strong on making sure girls could do anything. And my family and that education piece were, again, the most important things that she had. 
I'm going to go a little longer to another secret to her success. Your people and your balance sheet will get you through a crisis. The GFC was particularly hard for us, but we did not lose anything. We worked on our business strategies to enter emerging markets. We've also been through SARS in Asia. So COVID-19 is not new for us. It is essential to keep investing in your employees. During the GFC, Harvey Newman had 600 people in Ireland, and the company chose to support them through the financial crisis. We're now doing really well in Ireland and achieved a 20.3% profit increase. It is also important for businesses to have a strong balance sheet, she added. Many people are dismissive of a balance sheet when times are great, but we've been through a lot with 65% of our stores in country areas with droughts, floods, cyclones, bushfires within a short period of time. However, we feel reassured about the future of our company because we have a strong balance sheet. Teresa, what do you take away from this write-up? Um, a few things. The first is the importance of um, great parenting or great early role modeling to help you really frame the way that you think and the way that you see yourself in the world. I think that's phenomenal. And I think that's an incredible gift to give our kids. Um, and even if we don't have kids, I think it's an incredible gift and a reminder to each other to, to be mindful of, of the way that we encourage each other to go after our dreams and to see what's possible for us. So that, as well as, you know, I love what she's talking about with regards to people and the balance sheet, both sitting hand in hand, right? Yes. Because you cannot go through that level of adversity and it really does all happen here as it does in the States, right? Floods, fires, you name it, it's all going on. Um, and I think, so I think, it's, yes, very important to have both and both work in tandem to give you that resilience and that, um, you know, that sustainable uh, aspect to business, which, which is what you really want ultimately, right? So you can't do one without, without the other. I like how it brought up a few points here where crisis is inevitable. It is going to happen. Just be prepared for it to put yourself in a better position to maybe not succeed, but stay afloat. And the balance sheet, like the article put it perfectly, where when things are going well, things are going well. Everybody's yeah. happy. No one's really paying attention to the small things. But once you start falling backwards, you start to notice, okay, where can we improve the balance sheet? At least keeps it organized. You. So thanks. It's a great answer there. <coughs> Excuse me. And this entire show has been amazing. Thank you so much again for reaching out to join this community. I love how you stress doing work that you're proud of, tailoring your message to a specific audience and how you're worldwide and found ways to succeed in different geographic areas. Everyone out there, don't limit yourself to one place if you have those aspirations to be worldwide. Where can everybody find your website, social media, books, everything? <laughs> uh, you can find me on uh, auracollective.space online, uh, LinkedIn, Teresa Mitrovic, uh, on Facebook and Insta, we are Aura Collective. And um, the book, The Currency of Collection, C Currency of Connection even, is on uh, Amazon Worldwide and book, uh, book Depository. So, yeah, go out, grab it. Thank you for sharing all that. Everyone out there, be sure to go support her book and check out all she has to offer. We are at Vincent A. Lancey and That Entrepreneur Show across social media. YouTube is at Vincent A. Lancey. I hope you enjoy all the new content I'm putting out there, as well as a preview to today's guest on Writing with Authors. My website is also vincentalancy.com. Of course, we will end the show with a quote, and it is from today's Spotlight Entrepreneur. The mind doesn't know the difference between if you visualize something or you do it for real. Creating boundaries for people isn't healthy. I think we could sometimes miss how much we actually have in our lives because life can be like a tightrope. You could slip so easily and it can be taken away. 
Thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you next Friday on That Entrepreneur Show. Teresa, thank you so much. Thanks so much, Vincent.